Hello, hello, welcome to New Testament Friday. And you probably, if you try to get this in the morning, you're going to get it a little bit later in the morning because I am just recording it this morning and then I got to process it. So it'll take a little while. It is, it is Friday morning and uh, your Bible reading for today is Matthew 12 and Mark 12. So my voice is still waking up. Let me get my laughing man. Same coffee all week. Good stuff. Uh, we are quickly approaching uh, 600 plays on uh, Wake Up to the Word. So thank you again. That's all use. Four countries. We're still being listened to in four countries. So we are very excited about that. And we're glad you are with us. Uh, I keep getting uh, more comments, people just discovering and people uh, following. And so we are just uh, so happy about that and and just love that you're joining us on this trip. And uh, we just love teaching the Word of God. We hope you enjoy reading it. And if you don't have your Bible reading plan, then you can please get one. We're coming up on a quarterly change at the end of this month. <clears throat> and I will be emailing those out today. Um, your next quarter is coming up. I have it right here. And so if you are on the email list, which is at wakeuptotheword.org, please go and sign up there, and you can get your copy emailed to you. It is a PDF, and you will be able to print it out for yourself. Otherwise, <clears throat> you can get um, your current copy at... Uh, lifecoast.org and if you were in a different part of the country and you're not aware that is where I am uh, associate pastor um, of spiritual development so this is where I uh, teach disciple set up our discipleship programs and people uh, to come in disciple um, so uh, if you listen in Palm Coast and you don't have a church family I invite you to come to Life Coast Church um, so uh, let's uh we got a lot of stuff to cover. Our reading for this week, for today, is uh, Matthew chapter 12 and Mark 3. And this might look odd to you <clears throat> because uh, we jumped from Matthew um, 8 to Matthew 12. And we're going to go back and get to those. But there is a good possibility that the the chronological order in Matthew is a little uh, skewed, and um, so and some of the other gospels, uh, the order that they put them, that tells us that. So that's how we know that. Well, let's get into the Word of God. Here we go. the The very first uh, thing in twelve that we're going to cover is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. <coughs> that's actually. Uh, also in Mark, but that, right at the end of chapter 2. And so we actually covered that last week. So I'm I'm going to kind of really quickly go through that in that uh, Jesus um, went through the grain fields, right? And the, and the Pharisees said, you know, um, why, do you, why, do you do, why do you do that? You're working on the Sabbath. And so this is very legalistic. Uh, conversation and when people are picky on uh, the littlest things when the kingdom of God is more important than than these tiny little um, 
they're hungry, so they eat. And Jesus clearly says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So we're supposed to chase down this, but the the Sabbath is there for us, for us to get rest, for us to get healthy, for us to to restore, and then uh, also to worship. So it's interesting. So the next part, which is actually in both Matthew and Mark, so I'm 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 not going to double up. I'm 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 going to uh, kind of at attach this um, uh, together as we talk about it. So. Um, uh, he went up from there and entered the synagogue. This is Matthew twelve nine, and saw a man there with a withered hand. Asked him, uh, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" Again, the Sabbath thing comes up, and uh, he gives a great analogy. If you had a sheep in a, in a pit uh, in, on the Sabbath, would you not lift it out? He goes, "Well, aren't people more important than that?" And so, um, uh, so is it is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? <clears throat> but the Pharisees wanted to destroy him. And it's interesting, the two accounts of that, in Matthew twelve fourteen it says, but the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. And in Mark chapter 3, it says, the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians, that's Herod's counsel, against him, how to destroy him. So this Mark's account is a little more specific. Matthew's account is a little general. But you can see that the same result is happening. That they are conspiring and they're actually going outside of their normal bounds, their normal structure to solicit help to go after Jesus. Why would they do that? If Jesus is actually healing people, he's actually uh, preaching about Yahweh. Um, it, it's fascinating to me that they look at him as a threat as opposed to Messiah. And uh, I go back to John 3 that we that we um that we did, was that, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, John chapter 3 we did. Um, yeah. February 17th, <clears throat> John chapter 3. And that, there was a comment in there, a little nuance in there that most people don't see. I pointed it out then. Um, it's when Nic Nicodemus, who's part of the... the uh, He's a Pharisee. He's part of the uh, Sanhedrin. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. It seems to me that he's inclusive of the Sanhedrin, the, the group of teachers. So, these Pharisees, he's, his group of Pharisees, they know he's come from God. So why do they keep conspiring against him? Because it's the it's the oldest it's the oldest motivation oldest motivation in creation power. They wanted the power. They didn't want to lose the power. 
it, it, who, what was Satan's motivation? When you look in Ezekiel, it says, you know, I want to sit on the throne of the assembly. Power. Um, it, people want to have power, maintain power. They don't want to lose power. Um, but that's God calls us to be part of his kingdom, his people. The meek will inherit the earth. So uh, that's uh, interesting um, to me. Uh, I hope to you too. So, um, uh, okay, where was I? I was in Matthew and uh, man with the withered hand. This is in this is in both Matthew and Mark as well. Um, and again, the healing on the Sabbath and the uh, the Pharisees went out to conspire in him. That's that's the conclusion of that. The next one is God's chosen <clears throat> servant. Um, this starts off, Jesus, aware of this, that they were going out to conspire against him, withdrew from there. Uh, many followed him, and he, he healed them, ordered them not to make it known. Uh, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the, the prophet Isaiah. <clears throat> this is um, this quote from Isaiah has some very good stuff in it. If you're ever wondering, you know, where does where does the Old Testament point to Jesus? Here's one right here. So, behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory and his name and his name the gentiles in his name the gentiles will hope so <clears throat> this is uh this is a, a prophetic part of isaiah and uh i didn't note the uh where it was from so if you have it or look it up or i'll add the note later but um the next part is also in both of these sections. That was unique to Matthew. In uh, I'll do the both section, the both sections together here on the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and this there's always questions about this. People always ask questions about this, but in this particular account, he's casting out a demon, and the Pharisees say to him, "It's it's only by Beelzebub, which means Lord of the Flies, by the way." The, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. And so Jesus says, uh, every kingdom divided against itself lays waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan, and by the way, there's an article there, if the Satan casts out the Satan, both of them have an article with them, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by the Lord of the Flies, by whom do your sons cast them out? So, uh, if they have uh, they have uh, priests and uh, casting out demons, so-called casting out demons, uh, the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says, if I cast out demons, if the spirit of God casts out demons, then the, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so what does that say? The kingdom of God, that great statement that's everywhere in the New Testament, <clears throat> that kingdom of God uh, right now and not yet. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, 
the kingdom in two places. Um, with Jesus right there, the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's saying, I'm the king. Wherever I am is the kingdom of God. And so in our, in our reality, uh, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. It's the presence of God within us, the presence of the king within us. So uh, wherever we bring the kingdom, the kingdom of God is advancing. And we can choose to advance the kingdom or we can choose to retreat and let the kingdom of the world continue on. <clears throat> Those are our choices. But <clears throat> to continue going here, we get uh, to 30. Whoever is not with me is against me. Interesting uh, line drawn, very stark. If you are not with God, you are against Him. That's it. There's no, there's no middle ground. There's no purgatory. There's no, there's no gray in salvation. You either are saved or you aren't saved. You're either uh, in the kingdom of God or you're, you're in the world and headed to hell. So there's 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 no in between. Uh, that's that's the issue, and and the miraculous thing is you can be in the kingdom of the world on your way to hell one day, one moment, and the next moment you can be for God on your way to heaven in the kingdom of God. It, it's that salvation is that instantaneous. So. If you're listening to this and uh, you 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 don't know what I'm talking about, it's that uh, calling on the name of Jesus, believing in your heart God raised him from the dead, proclaiming with your mouth uh, that he is Lord, that is uh, called a salvation declaration. The words do not get you to heaven. You can say the words a thousand times. It's a heart transformation. It's submitting. It's a covenant with with the living God for the rest of your life and beyond. So it's that kind of a covenant. It's it's a baptism is a seal of that covenant. The Holy Spirit indwelling you is the seal. Um, uh, baptism is a, uh, a declaration, I should say. A, um, so, um, um, so, uh, here, here's the part as we get to the blasphemy. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So, <clears throat> as we put this together, people take the last part and equate it with the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which isn't necessarily wrong. Um, whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. They're saying that that is the blasphemy, but it's really the first part that quantifies it. Therefore, I tell um, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. That's the important declaration. The last part is whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. That is the result of the prior, okay? And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the prior. The result of the blasphemy is the latter. 
okay? So, <clears throat> and here's what that means. Here's what I've come to understand. Because um, people say, well, I, you know, I've talked about bad about God. I've talked bad about Jesus. I've, uh, and he even says, you, you can talk, speak a word against the Son of Man. That's, 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 oh, that's forgivable. It's okay. But why is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus told us in, in John that, uh, that when the Holy Spirit comes, that he's going to convict the world, those who are not born again, he's going to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, okay? So that conviction comes from the Holy Spirit alone, and that conviction is the draw, is the conviction toward salvation, okay? So you you get that conviction, you get told, you get sentenced, you get told, it's basically the, a judgment of you in your heart, in your spirit, you know that you've sinned, you lack righteousness, and judgment is what's coming. The Holy Spirit reveals that to you, okay? And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is speaking words against that. I don't care. I, I don't, I reject it. I reject the information. I reject the Holy Spirit's conviction. I reject that. They speak against that conviction that leads to salvation. And so that is what is unforgivable, okay? And you, you, because you're either for him or against him. That's it. There's no in-between. So um, it's, it's, it's that ultimate rejection. It's not, you know, I don't want to receive Jesus right now. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I, you know, I feel the conviction, but I'm not doing anything about it. It's, it's not that some people go for years and years and decades and decades before they receive Jesus as Savior and truly receive Jesus. Does that mean that they blasphemed the Holy Spirit and they can never be saved? No, doesn't mean that. It means that you've made the ultimate rejection. You have said, leave me alone, Holy Spirit. I do not want to hear this anymore. And the Holy Spirit is blasphemed, is cut off. And you, you, uh, he honors, he honors your request. So that's it in a nutshell. And this is where I've landed. So uh, open to any other thoughts. Uh, happy to get them. Uh, but to me, that's the only thing that connects all the dots in Scripture to the blasphemy, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I think we've talked about this next section together before. A tree is known by its fruit. I think it was a few weeks ago. Uh, but this is in, in, uh, connect, got, uh, Jesus is, has the connectivity here with, with the Pharisees and, uh, how they are talking and what they are spreading and, uh, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. Jesus had a knack for calling these legalistic Pharisees names. And, uh, you know, we, we sometimes get upset when uh, politicians call people names and it sounds a little sophomoric and childish and, and, uh, we sometimes get a chuckle out of it, but Jesus called these guys names, a brood of vipers. He, 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 uh, these legalistic Pharisees, uh, how can you speak good when you are evil? Called them evil. So these are people who are not truly 
believers of Yahweh. They're not truly ambassadors for the king, um, and they should have recognized Jesus. It seems that Nicodemus does recognize Jesus, but he's he's frightened of his power and position. Um, uh, 35 of chapter 12, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So, I believe that this is talking about, yeah, I believe words are important, and I wrote that. Words have weight. Well, words mean things, and so it's important in salvation as well as uh, those who've rejected God. <clears throat> but your words dictate your what you believe, and so um, as we speak our words, as people reject God, their words will come back to them. Uh, as as we walk in faith, our words will uh, come back for. Uh, reward for um, FEMA seat blessings, um, those kind of things. So, you know, be be conscious of conscious, conscious, conscious. Take two. Be conscious of your word. Lips not working. More coffee. There we go. Ah, good stuff. What do you think, Arnold? I'll be back. Okay, we'll we'll keep going then. <clears throat> the um. So next is the sign of Jonah, and and uh, boy, I could spend forever here. Uh, how much how much time we got going on here? Um, okay, we got we got we got a bit. So, and we're gonna talk about this more uh, when we get to uh, the Passion Week. Okay, and I know that's coming up for us, but I don't think we're gonna land there in the sequence um next month let me see we got no we're not even going to be close so <laughs> so uh <clears throat> so uh i'm going to talk a little bit about it right now and uh we're talking about uh word on wednesday doing our breakdown again that we did um during Passion Week, of how the scripture breaking this out. Uh, so I'm going to read this first, and then I'll talk a little bit more about it. So uh, this is uh, 38 through 42. Um, I may not, no, I'm not going to read all that, uh, to 40. 38 to 40. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, this, Jesus says, is the only sign that's going to be given to this generation, this adulterous and evil generation that he's part of right there. And it says, just like Jonah, three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. 
as we come closer to the Passion Week, we celebrate Good Friday as the day that Christ died on the cross, and then Sunday as Resurrection Day. The issue being not the Sunday. Christ definitely died, uh, rose on Sunday. It was celebrated on Sunday. He definitely... Uh, that was the resurrection day, was, was Sunday of the Passion Week, the eighth day. And uh, there's so much significance to that too, but uh, I digress. Um, the, um, but the, the sign to this generation is three days and three nights. So if we have Friday, if he, if he dies, even if he dies before sundown, which it says he did, the spear went in, and they wanted to bury him before sundown. So that's not a full day, but it is a, it is a day part of a day. And I used to hear the tradition was that, well, Jews, any part of a day is a day. Then Friday night is a night. Then Saturday day is a day. And then Sunday is another day. He would have had to rise sometime after sunup to get part of that day. So now it's, but even that is Friday night and Saturday night, only two nights, not three nights. So th that's an issue uh, because the sign doesn't show. The, the, so uh, due to some, some study, uh, standing on the shoulders of others who, who, who do study and uh, gleaning from their work, uh, there is definitely biblical precedent for Jesus dying on being put on the cross on Wednesday and going into the tomb just before sundown on Wednesday night. And then there was Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and sometime Saturday night, he rose before Sunday resurrection because there was Thursday daytime, Friday daytime, Saturday daytime, three days. So, and there's good biblical precedent for that. And uh, we'll talk about that more. But the reason is, if you want to do some biblical digging on your own, there were two Sabbaths during Passover. And there are often two Sabbaths, if not always two Sabbaths during Passover, during the Passover week. That is... There's a whole, not, second holy day in there, and people continue to lump it together with the with the Friday um, Friday sundown Sabbath that that um, that Jews celebrate. The other confusion is how the Jewish day, the Hebrew day, then, and the and the American Western culture day now. This makes it very difficult to wrap your brain around. And even when we did this last year, uh, as I was, I was demonstrating it, it was easy to make mistakes because their days are evening and morning and ours are morning and evening. So our, our weekly calendars, day count is different. And so that makes it difficult. But 
this sign is the sign that Jesus said this would be the sign that the son of man would be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. That's the sign that he is who he says he is. That's the sign that he's the Messiah. That's the sign that he's he's there to, to, to die for sin. So, you know, we got to wrap our brains around this and, uh, and understand that if we're trying to manipulate things, uh, we need to let scripture be scripture. We need to let it be unfiltered. Let us translate it or pull from it the way it gives it to us. Okay, uh, return of an unclean spirit. This is uh, 43. Uh, this is, you know, casting out demons. Uh, there's an important aspect here. Uh, if, if, if I don't know if you've ever been involved in that. I have myself. Um, light hearts shouldn't tread there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but what we need is to understand that if someone is possessed, then there's a difference between possessed and oppressed. Uh, demonically, then they're they're not saved because their house is not filled. If if they're if they're saved, they're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Their house is filled, and that's we're talking about those things. Um, the the house of the man, um, the strong man that was talked about a little while ago. So, um, because if we cast out a demon and he goes away and then he'll come back and he'll bring more and the person will be worse off. So the very next step, if there's actually some kind of demon, um, a casting out of a demon, the very next thing should be walking a person towards salvation. It is absolutely essential for that person. You need to fill your house with the Holy Spirit. It needs to be cleaned out and you need to, to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to to and it, and you'd think that would be natural, but it's not. And so um, continue to pray for that person. If you have not led them to Christ, then they go away. <clears throat> Jesus' mother and brothers, this last part of 12, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man, who is my mother and who is my brothers? He stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. So, um, this is uh, the reality, okay? Some of us are saved, and uh, some of our family members are not. And at this time, Jesus' family members were not on board with his mission. And that's just the truth. They were not. And uh, so they were not part of his his ministry world, and that's uh, that's important. So um, your brothers and sisters, your new family becomes your church family, your your faith family, as it were. And uh, the, this this is just a reality. And those of us who've been in 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 uh, in, in uh, the, the kingdom of God and the family of God for a long period of time. If we have family members who aren't saved, you totally understand what I'm talking about. For those who might be younger in the faith and you're kind of, you're kind of struggling with that relationship. These saved people, these are not saved people. And especially if the family is immediate family, you know, spouse, children, 
that's tougher. Um, be the influence in there. Hang in there. Be the influence. Uh, uh, keep inviting without pushing. Um, keep being the, the godly influence there. Um, but extended family, uh, like Jesus is an adult. His brothers are adults. His mother's an adult. He doesn't need to uh, continually be in that relationship. But <clears throat> these are tough relationships. But God's called us. Press in with your spiritual family, your your kingdom family. Uh, keep pressing in. That's the only way you grow, and that's the only way to reflect back to your physical family that the kingdom family is the most important family because that's your eternal family. Okay, uh, chapter 3 of Mark. Uh, like I said, a lot of these things are the same. Man with the withered hand was the same. Great crowd following Jesus. And there was, uh, uh, he was a little touch there in 3.11. And whenever an unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them, not the spirit, but the person, not to make it known. So here's the thing. The spirits knew who the Son of God were. They knew. And uh, we've talked about this in um, this uh, spiritual geography, cosmic geography that's going on, this battle for um, location, for geography, for land, for uh, sacred space. There you go, there's the word. And so uh, the very next chapter, and, and, and he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to, called to him those, who desire, those he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve whom also called apostles, that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority and cast out demons. He appointed the 12. And then they give all the names. And it even says, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. <laughs> so uh, then he went home. The crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him for they were saying he's out of his mind. And that's really a continuation of the other that his family came to him. Who's my mother? Who's my brothers? That's the short version. So, um, And again, it's in it, 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 that story continues after the blasphemy in Mark. There's the blasphemy story again. <clears throat> and then Jesus, it ends with his mother and brothers and uh, sister. So th those are the same accounts that we've already talked about. We hope that you've enjoyed this version, New Testament Friday. We're so glad that you are here. We're so glad you joined us. Sorry it's a little late getting out, but it is Friday. You will get it on Friday, and I'll be emailing out your Bible reading plan for next quarter. So hang in there. We love you. Keep reading. Keep praying. Keep listening to the Spirit. And... We'll see you next week. Hopefully we'll have eclipsed the 600 play mark. Bye-bye.